0: Good afternoon, everyone. Lee Henson Hasty here with uh, Leading Theologically in this in between time between Christ, uh, the reign of Christ Sunday, and the first Sunday of Advent. And I'm so happy to have today here on Leading Theology, theologically, my my friend, my colleague, uh, my mentor in many ways, uh, the Reverend Dr. David uh, Lowling. And uh, so glad you're here, Director of Church Financial Literacy uh in leadership at the president foundation uh hi dave how are you today
1: i'm great thank you for the invitation it's good to be here hello everyone who's um being a part of this great great to have you here
0: yes 100 and it's uh it's uh, particularly those pastors and church leaders this is a busy 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 time and it's not any easier um, I'm honored that I get to serve the Committee on Theological Education um, in this particular way and the Presbyterian Foundation. And part of the reason it's great to be at the Foundation um, is colleagues like Dave. Dave is was ordained in 2001 as a member of Riverside Presbytery. He's been a pastor. He's worked in evangelism and um, ministry for the ministry uh, agency. Um, he's been since 2016 the um, with the foundation leading this Lilly Endowment grant. And I think y'all are in your second or third uh, grant cycle sure. with uh, the Lilly Endowment on initiatives to address economic challenges facing pastoral leaders in a variety of ways. We're going to hear about those. Um, but part of this is because Dave believes this in his core. That's the theme today. Uh, God provides uh, enough and uh, we'll be talking about that and why and uh, financial literacy and leadership. But let me first ask you, Dave, uh, what I ask all of my guests is something about your call. And I know you think about this. It's not a one and done for you. And you're you're such a disciple and discipleship and discipling um, matters so much to you. Um. I know all of our conversations, particularly our lunch conversations uh, over meals are, are holy ones. Um, it's like breaking bread at at the Lord's table um, with you. So I know you take these questions seriously. So I wonder today, what is it that is making you come alive? Because what the world needs as Howard Thurman said, are people who are coming
1: alive. Great question, Lee. Um, I think as I, think about my work now and my call to the pressure and foundation and really to work with the denomination. What um, energizes me, what helps me to feel alive is seeing pastors uh, thriving, Mm. pastors flourish um, leaders of worshiping communities as well. Seeing uh, wellness happening and also uh, seeing congregations that are vital, that are uh, thriving as well congregations that really are not just about themselves, but about the uh, mission of God, about um, being sent, S-E-N-T, and being sent, S-C-E-N-T, um, as the Bible tells us, that we are um, to be a r- aroma of God right. promised, uh, right. to others. So I love it when I see pastoral leaders and congregations uh, Worshipping worshiping communities really rethink uh, three things. First, um, our ideas about God, um, that God is Missio Dei. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missio Dei just, doesn't just mean uh, the mission of God, but it's actually active. It's the missioning God, God who is on mission. Um, and then the church as Participatio Christi. Or that we are sent to participate in the work of christ and the work of god in the world um, focusing on justice and service and love and witness as well and also that um, the missio Dei sends the participatio christi or us the church um, really to love and care for and witness uh, be a witness to and um be about Ah, uh, the common good be about seeing the Imago Day in people, the image of God. So the Missio Day, the Participatio Christi, and the Imago Day. I love those Latin terms. <laughs> that um, is that but, part of
0: your heritage? Or are you Latin somehow? That, I, that I somewhere remember? there
1: in the Filipino um, <laughs> background. Um, so yeah, I get excited about seeing transformation, seeing churches rethink what their purpose is, seeing people live into uh, what God would have them be and do, seeing uh, Christian formation and uh, spiritual practices happening in churches, uh, which maybe we'll talk about a little bit today. So thanks oh. for that. Great question.
0: Thank you. And y'all see what I'm talking about. Dave, um, lives out his life as a disciple of Christ and, but as part of a larger body of Christ, always connected. And one of the most connected people I know, um, I know that you've called, uh, Louisville and this area home for, for a while now, but, uh, you have also a spiritual home on the West coast. Uh, you're, you're, you're a national citizen and really international citizen too. Um, and I, I've got to say, uh, and I'm, I don't know how this fits in, but um, I mentioned it before. There's something in you that I think I also see uh, gives you life is providing hospitality for others and introducing people. Nobody makes a better charcuterie board than David Luling. uh And its it's a beautiful thing and knows how to host others. And I think maybe that's part of it is you want to make sure uh, that people are spiritually and physically fed, right? And, and just remind people of that. What is it about food and table and hospitality, Dave, that fits into who you are?
1: Right. Well, I think culturally um, being Filipino, that's part of our culture Mm -hmm. is um, helping people to feel welcome, Mm -hmm. uh, whether friend or stranger and, um, you know, extending our home, uh, to others so i think that's cultural i think that's biblical i mean there's a lot Amen. of food and um, being with people and um, so i think part of that as well is part of um, my faith journey and others who have welcomed me and uh, been hospitable and um, gone really the extra mile if you will um, to really uh, be great witnesses uh to their lives and to uh to god so yeah i think it's cultural i think it's uh part of faith and um it's great to have uh guests like yourself and your family over and um i remember we went to a baseball game together oh wow that was so much fun. That was really nice with a number of friends as well so i just love it i you know i'm an enfj on the myers brinks Uh, very uh, extroverted. And um, so anyway, so I think it's part of who God made me and part of the culture that I come from.
0: Well, it's, I I love what you're saying. You talked about um, the Missio Dei as a mission in God. That's, it's an active verb. It's not a stale, it's not just a noun kind of action. I mean, this is, and all the things you're talking about, sometimes people think of faith and witness as something that's sort of done or it's past or it's, you know, um, something we just tell about, but we, I hear what you're saying is something we live into and that even happens in, in the way you provide hospitality, but certainly, um, your witness and love and your care for and concern for flourishing, vital, well leaders, thriving leaders and congregations, um, And um, what is it? And you believe there is enough. That's that's the title of today. God provides enough. You think there's enough because a lot of folks look at the not just the glass half empty, but uh, maybe, you know, uh, empty altogether. You know, how do I even get anything in there uh, to keep going in terms of ministry and life? And we can look um, uh, and be very um, negative. So. Uh, I never, I never have experienced you living that way. So what is it? Uh, Why do you believe it's God provides enough? And that seems different from some other ways of looking at stewardship today. They're often popular where it's about an abundance. So um, there's, I feel like you're having something to say and I see you nodding. So um, tell me, tell us more about that.
1: Right. So that's a great question. I think um, a lot of the times we, I'm included, live in a scarcity mindset. Um, that there's not enough, that um, everything is declining, Uh, society is declining, our churches are declining, things in the denomination are declining, our uh, resources are declining. Um, So I think we often, I don't know if it's naturally, but we often uh, live into or have a mindset of scarcity. A great author, um, Lynn Twist, The Soul of Money, she talks about three kind of toxic um, uh, scarcity mindsets that we live in into the first is that there's just uh, not enough for everyone. So like when uh, you're, we're probably similar in age, but we used to play as kids, uh, musical chairs. I don't know if you remember that. Oh
0: yeah, 100%. For
1: those who are out there. Um, So the point of musical chairs is that um, there's one less chair than there are people that are playing. And somebody's always not going to find a chair. There's not going to be enough. Right. So sometimes we buy into that in our lives, in our ministry. Um, we think there's just not enough for everyone. Um, uh, we also live into this idea um, that uh, more is better. Uh, I it was, mm-hmm. it's interesting to look at kind of a um, couple areas in which there's been exponential growth um, in our country. One of the biggest ones you'll probably guess are storage facilities. Oh wow! Because we have so much that we need to find storage. I, you know, have to admit that um, that's something that I have um, as well. So we think more is better, which isn't true. We even have um, words like affluenza that we've created. Um, we live in a very consumeristic society. In fact, I am. Um, um, was looking at some research and we are bombarded with ads uh, making us think that the abundant life is about having more stuff. Right. And then the last, I think, um, myth that we buy into is the idea that um, it's just never going to change that we're stuck. Um, And that's where uh, I think we get trapped into thinking that, that, that we're just stuck in this cycle of scarcity. And so what the, Uh, Church, oftentimes what we've done is we've tried to balance this scarcity mindset um, with an abundance mindset, talking about abundance. And there is abundance with God, right? Um, Talking about abundance, but a lot of times it can morph and it can actually, at times, become like a prosperity kind of gospel. Right. We transfer this abundance to stuff and things. Which, that's, let's
0: be clear, that's that's a problematic theology, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. correct yeah,
1: yeah. So I think, you know, I think we've swung a little bit too far in reaction to this scarcity mindset to a, to a really unhealthy, at times, not always, at times, abundance mindset. What I've been hearing more recently with um, theologians, with people that are from a really, really scarce, um, um, context, uh, younger folks, uh, uh, folks with not a lot of resources is this idea of a kind of emerging um, theology of sufficiency mm. that God uh, provides enough. And one of the biblical ideas um, that kind of support that is out of Exodus um, the um, pe- uh, the people have left, um, Egypt and um, they're in the desert and they have nothing to eat and they start complaining to God and to each other and oh, we should have never left um, right. Egypt. We were better off there as uh, slaves, right. servants. Um, and so what God does is God provides daily food in the right. form of, of manna. And this manna, um, what's interesting about it is it was only lasted for one day. So if you tried to keep right. it, or a second day would spoil and so uh, God told him to use the measurement tool. It was called the omer And so this omer they would measure it and um, People had just the right amount even if you collected Too much or too little you would fill it and you'd have just the right amount. So I think Part of this um, idea of sufficiency is that god provides that god um, provides enough um, God provides sufficiently. And so I try and think about how can I live with an Omer kind of principle, mm-hmm. uh, rather, uh, than accumulation kind of principle that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, anyway. it,
0: it changes the prayer, f- you know, from, you know, um, you know, give us, you know, all that we need to God, God give us, or maybe you can say God give us all that we need, or, you know, uh, particular number on our retirement accounts or something like that to, you know, God provide us daily bread, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems very biblical to a theology of sufficiency. I'd say one of those theologians that's talking about this is the guy we have on the show today, David Lowling. You've written about this a little bit, right? Didn't you do some of your doctoral work in this area?
1: Yes. So um, a portion of it was I really, my uh, doctoral work was on um, forming Generous disciples uh-huh. um, with kind of a larger context of activating missional communities. So it's under that yeah. umbrella. Yeah. So we activate missional communities, and how do we help those communities um, really to form? Because I'm big into spiritual formation, Christian formation. How do we form generous people Great. that are part of our communities that are part of um, our context? I would guess.
0: I would guess you would say when there are generous people. God will provide enough because we're involved in the, this Mission in God um, project, right? And the work, you're able to live out some of this, what you believe in, the current projects and work you're doing with the foundation alongside the Lily Endowment, right? Um, I, I know I've been honored to be involved in some of the the grant um, work that you're doing and uh, just fascinating proposals that have come across the church. Super exciting. You might tell us about some of those and, and ways people can get involved and resources uh, that are available. I know if y'all don't know about the stewardship, navigator.com org, right? Either one. Um, there's just tons of, of, of videos and how to's and um, both 101, 201, deeper, deeper looks at this. What, what are some things um, folks have access to that you're excited about right now? Sure.
1: So yeah, since you, um, of started with that there are some electronic online resources that we've made available uh, to pastoral leaders and church leaders congregations the first one you mentioned is stewardship navigator which helps churches re uh, really think about year-round giving and stewardship Um, it helps churches to um, actually do a narrative budget i don't know how many have done that but you can actually create narrative budget there's um uh, plan giving module there as well. Uh, there are, um, examples, there are uh, templates, there are videos as well that are part of that system. And, um, you know, we launched it and we were hoping uh, we created it really, uh, to have three, um, core, um, aspects to it. The first is that it would be, um, accessible, mm-hmm. uh, for people. Uh, you know, so anybody can use it. You can use it at your own pace for as long as you want. Um, it would be, um, also, uh, um, usable in terms of, um, multiple people in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could also each, uh, church or new worshiping community congregation has their own really in a sense site where they can store uh documents and um, other things so there's a lot of turnover sometimes um, And the last thing is that it would be beautiful that It would be mm-hmm. a, a beautiful system to use um to be a part of and so when we launched, you we really were uh, wanting it to be uh, used primarily by smaller uh, congregations and um, i think the mean size or um, is probably 140 members it's a little bit larger because we do have um, a few that are uh, you know um, mega churches you'd say mm-hmm. uh, several thousand and um, a number that are um, you know under 30 members so it really is very helpful uh, especially for small uh, membership churches um, uh, solo pastors uh, you know people that are needing help with um, year-round uh, uh stewardship efforts and it's you know all this is free i like to say it's free but it's not cheap.
0: <laughs> right, there you go. Now, there's no
1: there's no cost to use any of these resources. Right. Go ahead. What well I was find? gonna
0: say and it connects you. I've been on the site and if you hadn't it connects you to also the network within the foundation our ministry Relations officers and there's people right. resources too right you're not just digital ones um yes. that are
1: available is right. That's right. And um you know, in fact, it's been really successful. We, I think, we now have 1,600 um, congregations that are using this, congregations in the worshiping communities that are using this now, and about twenty-two to 2,300 users. So, multiple people in a congregation right. That's using it. Awesome. Um, and we've actually developed it for another uh, denomination, and so others are wanting it. Um, so, it's a great. It's a great resource. The other one is called the Church Financial Leadership Academy, which is a video-based system uh, for pastoral leaders. And nothing is more than five minutes long. There might be a couple um, that are a bit longer than that, but they're really short-form videos, kind of like a um, YouTube. Right. It looks like a Netflix kind of system. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful System, so uh, again, that's free of charge, and um, you can uh, I think uh, we've put the uh, the uh, site website on there for you, it's um, churchfla.org .net. So yeah. that's great, several hundred, I think 600 pastoral leaders are using that system. And,
0: and well, these you go to this, these sites too, and you can find out about there's
1: coaching, there's grant, um, right? So that's the first is, the first are these online resources. We also have um, year-round coaching uh, for pastoral leaders um, in the area of church financial leadership. So um, that's again, available at no cost. It's for 12 months and you would meet with your ch- with your coach once a month and have a also a site visit, either virtual or in-person um, at the beginning of that engagement. And then we have grants that you mentioned um, that help Uh, pastoral leaders uh, to go to uh, church financial literacy and leadership events like the Sewership Palletoscope, for example, or the Lake Institute's um, Executive Certificate in Religious Fundraising. We pay half the amount um, for um, attendance to those events. And um, we also have been giving um, technology grants. Those have been very competitive uh, first, last uh, last year to congregational, to congregational leaders, and then this year to leaders of new worshiping communities. Primarily, uh, those are for under-resourced pastoral leaders, so leaders serving congregations or communities of color and really small membership congregations and commu- uh, new worshiping communities. And all of this, you know, again, I just want to um, say out loud that we're so thankful to the Lilly Endowment um for um providing us the ability to begin this program um for the last uh seven seven years or so seven eight years
0: that's beautiful it's beautiful and probably i mean obviously being utilized but there's also plenty of room so folks who are listening today or um later um please go to the to the um pressure foundation website and leadership academy and the Sewership Navigator, find out more, get involved, um, pass it on to people, you know, um, and I think it, it is, it's a witness to the work that you're are, you're doing and what you're saying in terms of God provides enough. I mean, these are, these are resources that need to be utilized. Uh, you know, it's, it's that old joke about the guy standing on top of the roof while everything's flooding and he prays to God, like, you know, sent, sent Come and rescue me, God. And the boat comes by, and the plane comes by, and, it, and finally, you know, he's like, "God, what happened?" Well, I sent you a boat. <laughs> you know, you've got to actually take some action yourself um, to engage what's available. And sometimes people just don't know. And so, um, I right. hope you'll you'll pass it on. We're all part of that part of that mission. Yeah, um, and you know,
1: we have ministry relations officers. I know you've talked about them before, but contact those from the foundation. They can help you with any of. Them right connecting you to any of these resources
0: friends welcome thanks again for being here if you have questions comments we'd love to know you're there um a shout out in the stream or a question you have um we're uh moving um moving fast here um and but love love to know about you and what you're thinking um please subscribe and review our podcast leading theologically wherever you listen to your podcast that would be much much appreciated um plan to be with us on our next show this actually will be our last one for the year our next show will be january 17th with the reverend uh shannon kirschner from central press hearing talking about ministry transitions if you have folks you'd like for me to have on the show i'd love to hear those um, as well um dave what else uh, are you thinking today um D- dave collects books that, um, uh, and he is a parent he's he's a spouse which i know really Matters to him with his partner, and um, he's um, he, he is truly a church leader that not, not enough people know about. So I'm glad to shine a light on you. What else have you been thinking about, hoping, praying for uh, in these days?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier. I think, um, you know, I've been talking about uh, spiritual practices that mm. are helpful in this idea of um, enough, of sufficiency. Uh, there's a number of them, but I'll just may- maybe mention two. And if you want to throw a few in the chat, that would be fantastic. But the first is really um, the spiritual practice of simplicity. Mm. And um, again, just thinking about, you know, our consumeristic kind of world and lifestyle. Oftentimes, you know, how oh. do we live a simple life? It's funny. I uh, Googled, um, it was last year. Um, simple living in, uh, when I was on Amazon and it returned something like 50,000 things you could buy to, <laughs> right. help you, to help you to live a simple life. So it's hard, it's hard, but, um, you know, there's some, I talked a little bit about it in this book, sustaining grace that was put out, um, uh, for, uh, new worshiping communities. It's talking about stewardship and, um, I know Luther Seminary has uh, something on it, uh, 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 101, um, Stewardship 101, I think is the name of the resource. Uh, There's other places. Um, Richard Foster talks about it. James Bryan Smith talks about it in The Good and Beautiful God. Um, uh, There's others. So one is simplicity. How do we live a simple life? And really that... uh, practice helps us to deal with our inordinate um attachment to stuff Mm -hmm. and never
0: having never having enough right yeah yeah it's a great reminder here as we're approaching the christmas season because the messages are multiple (laughs) right right. multiplied
1: right now right so you know simplicity helps with that the other one i wanted to mention is uh this spiritual practice of margin margin Uh, margin yeah which is different than um drawing a line you know or um uh uh, it's different than some other practices that we might already do margin is extra space Mm. space in our life it's like if you look at at a at a page in a book margin is that blank extra space um space for us to to really be generous with our time Mm-hmm. With our relationships, um, one of the questions I often ask pastoral leaders is, "How long does it take you to um, get to your church?" And it varies, like four minutes to twenty. We all know how long: twenty-eight mm-hmm. minutes, thirteen minutes, because we're always in a hurry.
0: <laughs> we yeah.
1: we always don't have margin. So margin is another kind of spiritual practice. I think that's important for us to deal with our inordinate attachment uh, to our busyness which we, which is a God really for a lot of us, um, to our, uh, and, and helps us to be generous with our time and our relationships gives us space for God to work. On our lives.
0: Right. To notice what's going on around us. I mean, you're, right. you're one of the first people that sort of took me on a spiritual walk around and it's, you, it's amazing when you take, take that time to notice, um, what's going on. That's great. Simplicity margin. Are there other practices that you,
1: There are, but I think those two are good enough to chew on. Um, Great fullness, I think, is another one. Um, Sabbath, obviously. Um, But I'm just thinking of things that really help us to be generous, not just with our resources, um, but also with our time, with our gifting, our talent, and our testimony, too, the four T's. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, yeah, there's others. I I know that you know, if we had time, people could, um, chime in with other, uh, disciplines or practices.
0: That's really helpful. And as you know, some people think about uh, new year's resolutions, I mean, add, add some of these to your list. I like, I like the one that you highlight. I'm not surprised on testimony. And I think more than, I'll say more than a hundred times, not just more than once. I mean, I have, uh, my faith has been renewed by testimony you have shared and, um, or, you know, listening to others tell their stories, um, that matter. I mean, it really does make a point. huge difference and creates moments that you never forget. Um, so I don't want to let that one, let that one go. And having, I love this idea of a practice of margin because it gives you space to listen, right. And, right. and not just talk and not just rush and not just, you know, um, I love my, my calendar, my digital calendar. It reminds me what I'm doing next, but yeah, uh, there, there was a year where I, I don't think they framed it what how you're framing it, but I made sure that I had like 15 to 30 minute spaces between appointments, you know, and that's hard to do sometimes. Um, and I know for pastors too, it's, it's really, it can be really difficult. Uh, there's a lot on your plate. Um, but um, very, very helpful. If there are other comments before we're already past time, I can't even believe it. I'm going to invite you to share a benediction in charge, if you would, Dave. And just thank everybody for being here um, and look forward to seeing you in the new year. Happy Advent and Christmas to everybody. Please stay in touch. Um, Dave, anything else you'd like to share? And if you wouldn't mind blessing and sending us uh, in a moment, I just want to say um, that... Imagio Day, the image of God, (laughs) we've used some Latin today, you have, um, is so clear in who you are and how you witness uh, to the love and the peace and the promise and the truth and the justice and the hope um, that, that I know that I have and who God is and see. And I'm so grateful for who you are. I know the church is grateful, even if you don't hear it as much as you should. Um, and uh, thank you for this witness that you provide, especially in this current call um, that is spreading this word about God providing enough and, um, and resources to help um, folks uh, in this area. So thanks for who you are and what you do and, and God's peace continue to bless and keep you and provide enough day by day uh, to what you're doing and and who you are.
1: No, it's just great to be here. I'm, I am daily thankful for the ability to serve the church um, to serve you that are there um, as uh, church leaders. So we're here uh, to do that, to be of service, mm-hmm. um, to help in any way we can. Um, but I've just, I've been blessed to, to do ministry. I'm in a congregational setting and now uh, with the Presbyterian Mission Agency and with the, Christian Foundation. Thank you, uh, Lee, for your invitation. Yeah, Let me close with a benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit Mm. be with you today, this Advent season. Um, um, May God continue to encourage you Mm. and be very present with you. we know all of these things, um, and we're confident of them because of whom we ask. Uh, we ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. And blessings to you again and to everyone today. We look forward to seeing you soon. Stay safe.